98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government rejects criticism of its latest round of social distancing measures. Health officials give workers at care homes two weeks to get tested for COVID-19. And broadcaster IP Cable Communications sacks a team of investigative journalists as part of a mass layoff. The Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, has defended the government's decision not to close venues such as gyms and beauty salons as it tightens anti-epidemic measures from tomorrow. Authorities, meanwhile, also announced a hotline to report parties on boats. Vicky Wong reports. Professor Chan says the government is taking a targeted approach, citing a study from the Chinese university that showed previous waves of coronavirus infections in Hong Kong resulted from people not wearing masks and from the virus spreading in entertainment premises. She told RTHK that in open spaces, people could still exercise without a mask, but should consider wearing one when it gets crowded. Under the tightened restrictions, only two people can gather together in public, Restaurants must stop dining in services at 10pm and pools and entertainment venues will shut. Meanwhile, Marine Police have set up a hotline for people to report parties taking place on hired boats. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam said now that party rooms, nightclubs and karaoke's were shut, people might try to rent private yachts and hold parties at sea. Cinemas and theatres are among the entertainment venues that will close for at least two weeks tomorrow to curb the spread of the coronavirus. RTHK spoke to people queuing for movie tickets in Kowloon Tong. Some didn't know the ban was taking effect, while others said they were lucky to fit in one last screening. Luckily, I gather with my friend today to watch the film. I feel, I feel a bit angry about the government because we don't really see the outbreaks inside the cinema. And actually, the cinema has been working hard to do all the measures to control all those uh, infections. It's like the last chance before we can go out to these places to have some time for leisure. So I think it's kind of feel lucky. Workers at care homes have been given two weeks to get tested for COVID-19 after a number of facilities were hit by the latest round of infections. The government says all staff working at care homes for the elderly and disabled people must get tested before the 14th of December at one of the government's community testing centres or recognised private laboratories in order to continue working the following week. But the Council of Social Services criticised the order, saying it would increase infection risks and seriously affect the institution's operations. Speaking ahead of the announcement, former Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Chung said that if the government wants to force care home staff to take regular tests, it should provide more support. He suggested the staff would be at risk of infection if they queued up with the public at community testing centres. We should make it convenient for care home workers to go through the testing instead of asking them to simply go to the community centres and queue up with the rest of the public. We should give them subsidies to allow them to go to private testing centres or we should send health personnel to these care homes directly to make the testing more feasible and convenient. We should be reminded that at least half of these homes would have a nurse on staff and these nurses are certainly more than well equipped to conduct these testing. Broadcaster iCable Communications has sacked a team of investigative journalists as part of a mass layoff. 
Sources say about 40 staff at the news department were fired, including a team who produced its popular News Lancet programme, which investigated a series of controversial topics such as the distribution of the government's face masks and an abuse of wage, wage subsidies. Other staff fired includes, include news anchors, cameramen and video editors. They've been told their jobs are terminated effective immediately. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says it's not yet confirmed if staff in schools and organisations that are subsidised by the government must swear allegiance to the SAR. The government has said that all civil servants and people in public bodies will be subject to the new requirement. Speaking before the weekly Exco meeting, Mrs Lamb said her cabinet was still discussing the plan. I was just referring to some approaches that have been uh, discussed. Uh, one is, of course, uh, that position has to be a statutory position. Okay? The other is that position may have some relationship with the government in terms of um, um, funding. It's a, a government-funded institution. Or maybe that is uh, a public office that discharges public powers. But we have not decided. So don't take uh, those as being the scope. Earlier, the Civil Service Minister, Patrick Nipp, said officials were still discussing whether to sack staff who refused to sign the Declaration of Allegiance. But he said people might question if such staff would fail to beat the basic requirements for civil service. Police say they believe nine petrol bombs were thrown at the Police Sports and Recreation Club in Moncock at one o'clock this morning, damaging a van. They say fragments were found in the car park of what's thought to be Molotov cocktails. Police later picked up an 18-year-old man ca carrying suspected pepper spray, but it's not yet known if he's connected to the attack. Overseas, a new scientific analysis suggests the goals of the Paris Climate Accord are within reach, due in part to President Xi Jinping's pledge that China will reach zero net emissions by 2060. The Climate Action Tracker study looks at the latest promises from countries. Scientists say these commitments would see global temperatures rise by 2.1 Celsius by the end of the century. The Paris deal seeks to limit the increase to 2 degrees. Dr Bill Hare carried out the analysis. The big change was China's really stunning announcement. So when you add all that up, along with what a whole bunch of other countries are doing, you move the temperature dial from around 2.7 degrees uh, to really quite close to 2 degrees. The destruction of the Amazon rainforest in Brazil has reached its highest level in more than a decade. According to satellite data collected by the country's space agency, more than 11,000 square kilometres were destroyed in the year to July. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. President Bolsonaro was elected promising to, in his words, to develop the Amazon and to cut red tape. So what he did is he encouraged people, farmers, big farmers, loggers, to increase their activities and to do more. He says the region has to be developed. And on the other side, he cut vital resources for the federal agencies that have the power to arrest and to issue fines. And the number of fines and prosecutions for environmental crimes has decreased by a lot. So you have a combination of those two. And we have these figures that unfortunately didn't surprise anyone. The European Commission says greenhouse gas emissions in the EU fell to their lowest level in three decades last year. Adopting the annual Climate Action Progress report, the Commission said the 3.7% year-on-year fall was the biggest since the aftermath of the financial crisis 11 years ago. The environmental group Greenpeace said despite the good news, emissions were not falling nearly fast enough. Donald Trump's controversial special adviser on the coronavirus, Scott Atlas, has resigned. According to a statement quoted by Fox News, 
Dr Atlas said he'd focused on saving American lives since his appointment in August. He's faced intense criticism for his outspoken support for reopening the economy. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. He has been widely criticised, uh, censured by his colleagues at Stanford, where he's a, a senior fellow, for taking the views that he has uh, expressed uh, on many occasions as a member of the Coronavirus Tax Force. He's also a familiar speaker on Fox News. Views that seem to go against medical thinking about the coronavirus, not encouraging people to socially distance, not encouraging people to wear masks. Wisconsin and Arizona have become the latest U.S. states to certify Joe Biden's victory in the presidential election. Donald Trump continues to contest the results despite suffering a series of court defeats. And President-elect Joe Biden has announced his nominations for his senior economic team. Most are women. The former head of the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen, is due to become the first woman to lead the Treasury Department. Here's the BBC's Gary O'Donoghue. Janet Yellen has been both chair of America's central bank, the Federal Reserve, and held leading roles in previous administrations. She faces huge challenges in persuading Congress to provide money for what she's called an extraordinary fiscal stimulus package, which she says is needed to combat the pandemic. Meanwhile, the toughest confirmation fight in the Senate could come with Neera Tandon for the Office of Management and Budget. She's been outspoken in her criticisms of Republican legislators, and some on the Hill have already suggested there's zero chance of her being confirmed. The second US company, Moderna, says it'll apply today for emergency use approval for its coronavirus vaccine in the United States and Europe. Moderna said it expected to have enough doses to vaccinate 10 million people in the US by the end of the year. Pfizer have already applied and hope to secure US regulatory approval by mid-December. The US Health Secretary, Alex Azar, told CBS News it was possible two vaccines would be available within weeks. With Pfizer, we at the FDA announced an advisory committee for December the 10th, and if everything is on track, everything proves out what, uh, what it appears to be, we could be looking at approval within days after that. Moderna is basically one week behind that, and General Perna has said from Operation Warp Speed that we'll ship within 24 hours of FDA authorization. So uh, we could be seeing both of these vaccines out and getting uh, into people's arms uh, before Christmas. The British retail group Arcadia has gone into administration, putting 13,000 jobs at risks. It owns some of the UK's best-known clothing brands, including Topshop and Dorothy Perkins. Here's the BBC's Emma Simpson. Arcadia had been struggling long before the pandemic, suffering from years of underinvestment and more recently overtaken by newer, nimbler online rivals such as Boohoo and ASOS. The lockdowns and local restrictions have created nightmare conditions, even for the strongest retailers. They were the final nail in the coffin for Arcadia. They'll now start to look for a buyer for the brands and assess all options for the group. The United States has imposed sanctions on a major Chinese electronics and engineering company for assisting Venezuela in curbing dissent on the Internet. The U.S. said it was restricting transactions with the China National Electronics Import and Export Corporation and blocking assets of any firm in which the state-owned company holds a 50% stake or higher. The Treasury says CEIEC provides expertise to Venezuela's state-owned telecom, which has blocked independent media. And Unilever New Zealand says it's trialling a four-day work week for staff in the country with no cut to their pay after the government flagged the idea earlier this year. 
Currencies now, the US dollar is trading at 104.38 yen. The euro is 1 US dollar 19 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 35 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was up 244 points at 26,586. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. We start with football and a big upset in the English Premier League. Fulham have denied Leicester the chance to go level on points with the leaders Tottenham and Liverpool after beating them 2-1 at King Power Stadium. The result lifts Fulham out of the relegation zone. Here's their manager, Scott Parker. You're judged on a win and a loss, and of course when you win football matches, it's, that's what we're in this game for. So it's even more massive for me. The performance was there tonight, a real battling display and some real quality about us, but what, what rounds it off is that we got a, got a big win. West Ham are up to fifth after a 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins missed a penalty and had an injury time equaliser ruled offside. The former West Ham defender Matt Upson was at the game. Well, I can only look at the reaction of the West Ham players when that final whistle went. They were celebrating. They know exactly what this means to them, to their position in the league, as a reward for the, the, the hard work and, and the endeavour that they've shown. And hats off to them. You know, Aston Villa have played extremely well here this evening and, and deserve to take something away. But West Ham at the moment have this knack of winning matches. The European Champions League returns tonight with Liverpool at home to Ajax. A win for the English champions will see them through to the knockout stage, but they've recently been complaining about the amount of games and a lack of rest. Here's the Liverpool defender Andy Robertson. It's always going to be hectic. We knew that and the schedule can't change because we need to get you know all these games in and all the different competitions. So, you know, we get, we get our heads around that, but I just think maybe we could, you know, get a little bit more help. Manchester City, who have already qualified for the last 16, can win their group if they avoid defeat at Porto. Real Madrid can progress with a win at Chateau Donetsk. The Women's Rugby World Cup is going to expand from 12 to 16 teams in 2025. The news follows increasing calls for the event to be expanded, with women and girls accounting for 28% of the global playing population. Since 2006, there have been 12 teams split into three pools. That includes the upcoming 2021 World Cup in New Zealand. And finally, in NFL football, the Seattle Seahawks have strengthened their grip on top spot in their division by holding off the Philadelphia Eagles 23-17. The Seahawks improved to 8-3 to go one game above the LA Rams in the NFC West. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers will play their home games in Arizona in each of the next two weeks. That's because Santa Clara County, where their stadium is based, has imposed new COVID-19 restrictions that ban all contact sports. The Niners will play Buffalo and Washington at State Farm Stadium. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government rejects criticism of its latest round of social distancing measures and health officials give workers at care homes two weeks to get tested for COVID-19. The news from RTHK. Fight the virus, stay vigilant. If you think you have a higher risk of COVID-19 exposure or experience discomfort, you can collect specimen bottles for free testing from designated public clinics. Meanwhile, the government will arrange free testing for targeted groups. To minimize the risk of community transmission, we should take the initiative to get tested. Together, we must fight the virus. 
Stay vigilant. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. The chief executive has announced the 2020 policy address. With measures to leverage one country, two systems and central government support and to inject new impetus into Hong Kong, we will enhance our status as an international financial center, aviation hub and INT hub, diversify development, create land for housing, create jobs, improve people's livelihood and integrate into the country's development. Let's strive ahead with renewed perseverance. Visit policyaddress.gov.hk. Radio 3, live on the web, rthk.org.hk. You're insecure, don't know what for. You're turning heads when you walk through the door. Don't need makeup to cover up. Being the way that you are is enough. Everyone else in the room can see it. Everyone else but you. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. The way that you flip your head gets me
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 1st of December, is today's date. A big thank you to Phil for the morning brew today. And we have a jam packed program.